0: Hey, Grace Kevin, what a privilege to get into the Word with you today. You know, in times like this that we are navigating, certainly we want to find ourselves anchored to the truth of God's Word to bring encouragement, direction, and counsel for us. We have certainly been navigating some Interesting times that has challenged all of us in, in different ways. It's created pressure for our lives. We've had to make all kinds of adjustments. I know for my family I have, certainly probably true for your family as well. But what I would want you to know is that in the midst of all that's happening, there's really some good stuff that's happening. Obviously, God is at work. Man, there's so many God stories that I could tell. But just let me give you a quick summary of some of the things that's happening. On a weekly basis, we are encouraging and supporting the health care staff at Huntersville Novant. Uh, we have delivered groceries to over 240 families during this crisis. Five days a week, in our partnership with the Neighborhood Care Center, 350 lunches are being delivered to homes. Um in the midst of this crisis, amazing, God blessed us with like 38,000 pounds of chicken that we've been able to dispense to a number of churches and organizations, even to individuals in our community, empowering Grace Covenant family members to be a blessing to others who may be at a point of need. So again, in the midst of this crisis, I would want to encourage you just that you would know, wow, God is at work. He's doing some good stuff. And it's all possible, not only because obviously God being at work, but through your partnership, through your willingness to give and to serve, it's positioned us as a congregation, uh, really to be the hands and feet of Christ to our community in this time of need. So again, thanks for uh, your willingness to step up, to live generously, to be gracious uh, in this time of crisis But there is a reality of oppression. That's why we developed this sermon series called Pressure Points. There's pressure that's been created as a result of this crisis. Uh, In this series, we talked about the fear of the unknown, the pressure that that creates. Last Sunday, we talked about uh, the financial pressure, because I know a lot of folks have been furloughed, they've been laid off. Um, Companies are dealing with a loss of income in multiple ways that this Uh, pandemic has created some financial pressure. and Today, we want to talk about the pressure of temptation. Now, that might seem a bit odd, like how does temptation fit into this whole concept of, of pressures? But what I've come to discover is that temptation becomes a greater issue and a greater challenge, either when we're super stressed or on the other side, when we're really bored. This present reality has created the opportunity for both. So how can we properly respond to temptation that comes knocking at our door? You know, it's been said that opportunity knocks once, but temptation comes like knocking every day at the door of our lives. So how can we respond to the challenge of temptation in a way that honors God and protects our own lives? You know, it could be the temptation, like to continually visit the refrigerator or pantry or, or maybe indulge on chocolate because you find comfort in that. Um, or it could be the temptation to squander time when the Bible actually tells us to redeem the time simply because your life is, has not been as scheduled. Or it could be the temptation to get self centered and, and like hoard some toilet paper. Actually, when the scripture tells us to consider the interests of others better than ourselves or or maybe it could be the temptation to get stingy because you're afraid that like you're not going to have enough. Yet the scripture directs us to live generously or it could even be the temptation to go to Internet sites that are inappropriate simply because you're bored when the Bible directs us actually to guard our minds, to guard our hearts. And this is what I believe temptation becomes more intense and a greater challenge for our lives when we're navigating long seasons of crisis and stress. So our present situation is like fertile ground for heightened temptation. You know, temptation is a pressure point that every Christ follower must confront daily as we're walking on our faith. Just as Jesus was tempted, so we're all tempted in various ways. You can read in the Gospels how after Jesus was baptized by John, the Scripture says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted for for 40 days. And in that 40-day time period, he was tempted three different times, Uh, and each time he confronted the temptation with the Word of God. And this is what I know, even as Jesus was tempted, so you're tempted, so I'm tempted. Uh, and it's not like we're just tempted once and we, you know, we overcome that. and We never have to deal with that temptation again. I wish it was that easy. But the reality is, is like temptation is this ongoing challenge we have to face. And I think, it's, again, it's been heightened in this present pandemic that we are navigating. So, so temptation consistently knocks at our door. I think that's why Jesus gave us this counsel in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. He said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And not only is our flesh weak, but we also have an adversary. We have one who wants to wreck our lives. Matter of fact, Peter talks about it like this. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be self-controlled and alert, for your adversary the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking those whom he may devour. In other words, Satan wants to create havoc in our lives. He wants to keep you from God's plan and God's purpose for your life any guess as to how he accomplishes this i mean it's through the the means of temptation like temptation is one of satan's most powerful schemes for misleading god's people and it causes us to focus on the like the passing pleasures of sin instead of the rich reward of serving god with a pure heart and it's the temptation that precedes the sin that then becomes an obstacle or an hindrance In a relationship with God. Now, what you need to understand is that being tempted is is not sin, but it's the gateway to sin. It's kind of the door that opens the way to sin. So, So we must have a strategy as to how we will confront the temptation that comes our way if we're going to effectively overcome it. If we don't properly confront the temptation, then it will lead to sin. If we don't properly confront the temptation, this is what I know it can cost us, it can limit our lives, it it can even wreck our lives. So we have to have a strategy or a plan as to how we will overcome temptation when it it comes our way. And so today we want to look at the lives of, of two men, two men of God. These were not like men who were far from God, no, these were two godly men who were confronted with temptation. One successfully confronted the temptation and reaped the benefit, the other did not effectively confront the temptation and it cost him the two men are are king david and joseph so let's first look at at david's story his story is found in second samuel chapter 11 what we find of king david is he was a man of god who was mindly used of god but he came to a crisis in his life and his leadership because he did not properly respond to temptation 2 Samuel chapter 11, we have King David really at the prime of his life. Because of God's favor and his excellent leadership, the nation of Israel has come like to a, an unprecedented time of prosperity. And so, so David is really kind of in a, a relaxed mode as he's leading. And 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, reads like this. In the spring at the time kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men, but David remained in Jerusalem. In other words, David was loafing when he should have been leading. David was just hanging out in the palace, and, and what happens is he's bored. He's kind of like stay at home, and, he, and he's bored in his stay at home. And so one evening he's out, and he's kind of looking out over uh, his, um, the city of Jerusalem, and he sees a woman, actually a married woman who's taking a bath. Her name's Bathsheba, and he begins to entertain the thought of what might happen, um, make a long story short, the hormones kick in, he, he entertains a wrong thought, his fleshly de- desires overrule his godly spirit, and he sins. He commits adultery. And then in a, a cover-up scheme to try to cover up the adultery, to cover up his failure, he actually has uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, murdered. Uh, all of this happened to a good and godly king because he did not properly respond to the temptation that came knocking. So he was looking when he should have been leading. He was coasting when he should have been passionately pursuing God. He was alone when he should have been with his men. And when temptation came, he did not resist it. And get this, it cost him. There was a consequence. I think the same is true for our lives. If temptation is not quickly and rightly responded to it will lead us to sin and there's always a consequence to sin sometimes it's major sometimes it's minor but there's always a cost now, now let's look at the right way the right way to confront temptation and and we find this in joseph's story if you recall joseph as a young man was sold into slavery by his by his own brothers and as he's a slave in Potiphar's house because of his excellent work ethic Uh, because of his diligence, he's actually promoted as a slave in Potiphar's house. And the scripture tells us stories in Genesis 39. I encourage you to read the whole story. But the scripture tells us that Potiphar's wife notices that Joseph's like this really handsome guy, like he is a studly man. So she begins to pursue him. She begins to invite him into a sexual relationship. Matter of fact, the scripture says that Joseph was invited multiple times into a sexual encounter by the boss's wife. But he refused to entertain the invitation and the tempta- uh, to entertain the invitation and the temptation. And Genesis 39.10 says that even though she spoke to Joseph daily, inviting him, Joseph, like he wouldn't even listen to her. Like he, he, he made no room for the possibility of what could happen. And then verse 12 goes on to say that one day the boss's wife literally grabbed Joseph by his cloak, by his outer garment, and tried to pull him into bed. Joseph left his cloak, his coat, and he literally ran out of the house. Joseph was living on purpose, not not ruled by his passions. He was focused on God, not himself. He ruled his thinking rather than allowing his thinking to rule him. Through his choices and actions, Joseph overcame the temptation and was a dynamic leader in Egypt and was used by God not only to save the nation of Egypt, but, but to save his own people. And it was all because... He, he rightly responded when temptation came knocking at the door of his life. So we have two men of God, David and Joseph. One thrived and one crashed, And it all had to do with how they responded to temptation. Well, this is what I know. Just as, as Jesus was tempted, as David was tempted, as Joseph was tempted, each of us have the challenge of temptation. It comes in a variety of ways. Possibly during this pandemic, you've had to face some temptation like this. Come on, just one won't hurt. You know you want one. of a break. Well, maybe the pantry or refrigerator has not been your source of temptation. Possibly it was something else. but how can we overcome the pressure point of temptation? And First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 encourages us with these words: "No temptation has seized you, except what is common to man, and God is faithful." He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Notice the scripture says when you are tempted, not if you're tempted, but when you're tempted, God's going to provide a way out. But here's the deal, and this is a big deal. You have to be proactive. You have to have a plan. You have to have a strategy. So let me leave you with a few strategies as to how you can effectively and successfully win over temptation. Here's the first thing. You have to know that the best defense is a good offense. The best defense to guard your life from temptation is to passionately pursue God. You know, a line I picked up some time ago that's really helped me is this. If I do the do's, I don't have to worry about the don'ts. If I do the do's, if I'm actively worshiping, if I'm in the word, if I'm connected to the source being Jesus Christ, it's not that I'm free from temptation, but it certainly guards me uh, and it gives me insight. It gives me an awareness to the deception. So if we do the do's, we don't have to worry about the don'ts. You know, as you focus As you set your focus on seeking and living for God, it can protect you from the deception of the adversary. It can And it can give you actually the ability to say no, to say no when temptation comes. I want you to listen to these words from Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. The scripture says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way so proactively pursue god and the things of god that's the first strategy here's the second one recognize and address your pressure points or or actually let me say it another way know your weakness and develop a plan to address those areas there's a scripture in james chapter one i think that gives us some insight into this the scripture says when when tempted no one should say god is tempting me for god cannot be tempted by evil nor does he tempt anyone but each one is tempted when by his own evil desires he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Notice the scripture says that each one is, is tempted by his, his own evil desires. So what is it in your life that's a point of weakness? Possibly it's it's greed, possibly it's pornography, possibly it's lust, possibly it's it's gossip, or possibly it's anger out of control. Whatever it is, identify it and get a plan to address it. Take responsibility for areas in your life where you're prone to compromise. And if you don't, you're going to continue to stumble. You'll continue to give in to the very thing that you don't want to do. So here's a third strategy. Run from the temptation... Don't entertain it. And then Joseph here is a great illustration for us. As the boss's wife continued to invite him into this sexual encounter, he, he didn't, like, he didn't even entertain the possibility. And when she grabbed his coat trying to pull him into bed, he actually ran from the temptation. Listen, folks, a good run is always better than a bad fall. The longer you ponder the possibilities, the greater your tendency to give in to the temptation and to fall prey to sin. That's why we have this word of instruction from 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, that reads like this. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace So when temptation comes, rather than entertaining the opportunity, rather than thinking about the possibilities, I encourage you to run. Listen, the longer you think about it, the more likely you are to give in to the temptation. So think about the long-term consequence and run. Well, here's a fourth strategy for confronting temptation. And we actually see this response in the life of Jesus, as he was dealing with the temptation of the enemy, is that we need, to, we need to counter the deception with truth. When the enemy of your soul comes with a point of deception, confront the deception with truth. And as, as we allow God's word to be both our guide and our defense, we can effectively overcome temptation. So as Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, his defense was the word. He countered the temptation with the truth of God's word. And three different times, Satan brought a point of temptation. And each time, Jesus confronted the temptation with the word. This is what he said. It is written. So he countered the deception with truth. But here's the deal. If you're going to counter the deception with truth, you have to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, then you can't use the truth to counter the deception. That's why it's so important that you're a student of the word. That you're memorizing God's word because it gives you like artillery to use against the adversary when he comes to bring temptation. But we're going to confront the deception with the truth of God's word. You know, it's interesting in Psalms 119 verse 9, the psalmist asked this question, how can a young man keep his way pure? And then he goes on to answer his own question by saying, by living according to your word, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I encourage you not only to study God's word, but to hide God's word in your heart. Then when deception comes, not only will you be able to identify it, but you will be able to confront it with the truth of God's word. As you do this, hear me, friend, you're going to better be able to confront and overcome the points and places of temptation. And that brings us to the final strategy to overcome temptation. When you give in to temptation, repent and refocus. You know, here's the reality. Because we're flawed, we don't always get it right. We don't always live right, and we don't always make the right choice. I mean, that's a reality. It's a reality in my life, it's a reality in your life. So, when we don't properly respond to temptation and we fail, we sin, what we don't want to do is we don't want to get stuck there. So, what do we do? We repent and we refocus. Here's the great news that God's grace and God's mercy is greater than your failure. It's greater than that point of sin. So what do we do? We repent. We refocus. We set our hearts back. We set our focus back to pursue God. Then we see this in David's life, following David's failure, his failure of adultery, his failure of murder. Well, what did he do? He, he owned his failure. He owned his sin, and he humbly repented before God. Actually, we have his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. And I want to read two verses from Psalm 51. It's verse 10 and 11 where David cried out, God created me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And here's the deal. As David humbly repented, God forgave. God forgave. God wiped the slate clean. Now, now there was consequence. David still had consequence as a result of his failure. It didn't remove the consequence. But what he was, he was restored back to right relationship with God. So when you fail, when you give in to temptation, when you sin, again, friend, don't get stuck there. Repent. Refocus. Set your heart to seek after God. And, and again, know that God's grace is greater than your failure. You know, just as Jesus was tempted, just as David was tempted, just as Joseph was tempted, so you will be tempted. And it'll happen in a variety of ways. So don't be caught off guard. Be ready. Have a plan. Have a strategy. As Peter directs in 1 Peter 5, 8, live your life self-controlled and alert. And as you passionately pursue God, you'll better be able to not only identify the points of temptation, but successfully overcome them. And so I want to pray for you. I want to pray for me because, again, I, I'm like I'm living out the faith just as you are. I'm dealing with temptation just as you are. That we would have eyes to see, that we would have a strategy to help us overcome the points of temptation, that we, live, that we would live our lives in a way that honors God. So let me pray with you right now. God, I thank you. First, for your grace and mercy to us. God, I thank you that you never give up on us. I thank you that your grace is greater than our sin, that your mercies to us are new every morning. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, for those who are watching today, Lord, may they not allow themselves to get stuck in a point and place of failure. But, Lord, may they repent, may they refocus. And, Lord, in that, what I know they're going to discover, Lord, it's what I've discovered so many times, Lord, I found your mercy. Your mercy that's new to me. Your mercy that restores me, Lord, so it will be for them. And Lord, beyond that, I ask, Lord, that you would give us insight and understanding. Lord, may we have strategy. May we have plan. May we be anchored to the truth of your word. So when deception comes, when the temptation comes, rather than entertaining it, may we be able to run. Lord, when the temptation comes, uh, may we... Uh, utilize the truth of your word to confront the deception that we might live our lives victorious, that we might live our lives in a way that brings honor to you. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.